Hey, thank you for making us a part of your day and welcome to The Quest. It's always great to have you with us, especially if you're just checking us out. We're really glad that you tuned in today. We always encourage everyone that's checking us out to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will help answer some questions that you might have about who we are. It'll also help you get connected with us if that's something you'd like to do. We believe the family of God is not just about relationships with God, but it's also about relationships with people. And so we know that even though we're separated virtually, even though that we interact in this medium, we also understand that we need connection with people. We need people that are going to pray with us. And so if that's something that you would like to do, we strongly encourage that. I also want to remind you that all of our talks are available in podcast form. If that's something that you would like to search out, all you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church and you'll find us on any of the podcast platforms that you might use. Just a couple of announcements before we get into the talk. A lot of people begin the new year really searching for a life of freedom. And if you have found that you have addictions in your life or you have sin in your life that's difficult to overcome, I want to encourage you to check out our recovery group. And again, all you have to do is search a QR code and that information will be there. I also want to remind everyone that we're getting ready starting this coming Monday. We're getting ready to start our 21-day fast. We do that every single year as a way of disconnecting from the world and a way of connecting to God. We also encourage everyone, this is a time for us to pray. A fast without prayer is just a diet, and it's a bad diet at that. We would love for you to participate with us in this 21-day fast. It's a way of putting God first as we begin our new year. And God always honors that. So I want to encourage you, if you need more information about that, you can search our resources page on the website as well. And you'll find many different resources there about fasting, about prayer, and about what we're doing. As we get into the talk today, how about if we close our eyes if you're able to, and let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you today. And just thank you for this wonderful day that you've created. A day that we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. We choose to celebrate life with you. We choose to do life with you. And I thank you for being with us today. Father, you know the needs of each and every person that are watching. You know the needs of each and every person that are listening today. And I ask that you would touch their lives, touch our lives, all of us. Father, that you would breathe life into us. That you would help us to live a revolutionary life. Father, help our lives not to be defined by resolutions, but Father, help our lives to be defined by a revolution of your leadership in our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we begin this new year, we're also beginning it with a new series entitled, You Say You Want a Revolution. And I'm not talking about a government revolution. There's a lot of people that might be looking for that. I'm talking about a spiritual revolution, a revolution that affects our personal lives, a revolution that affects our direction of our lives, a revolution that affects the decisions of our lives. While people might search for resolutions, we know that we desperately need a revolution, something that is much greater than a resolution. And here's the difference. A resolution is a decision that we make to do or not do something. It's based on our willpower. It's based on our personal strength. It's based on our internal strength. A revolution, on the other hand, is to forcibly or intentionally overthrow the authority that controls our lives. I want that to sink in because the authority that we allow to govern our lives is usually us. And it's time that we need to replace that authority. It's time that we need to change that authority. So what happens is a resolution shapes a better you while a revelation shapes a brand new you. We need a revolution in our lives to deal with the areas of our lives that are out of control. Areas of our lives that we have little control or maybe even no control of. And the question we've been asking is, how would our lives be different? 
if we were no longer controlled by anger, lust, greed, hate, or lying? What if we were no longer controlled by fear because we had a new authority in our lives that was greater than our fear and it replaced our fear? Can you imagine how your life might be different if you were no longer controlled by the impulses of, our, of your life that tend to sabotage your life? Most people can't even imagine that kind of freedom. In fact, they've given up hope on that kind of a life. If we're going to experience a New Year's revolution in our lives, and you need to write this down, a revolution in our lives requires new leadership for our lives. That's the feeling that we've had every single week. And we've got to understand that. It's got to sink in. When most people are seeking a revolution, they want to take power back. They want to hold on to power or possess the power that they feel that they've lost or they tend to feel like they're losing. A revolution is about changing who controls our lives, allowing new leadership in our lives, actually giving up leadership to someone who can govern our lives better than we can. See, when we have new leadership in our lives, it redirects our lives. It establishes a new life. See, when we give up leadership of our lives and we surrender to new leadership in our lives and we allow God to rule our lives, it creates in us a brand new life. That's what Galatians talks about. I love this scripture in Galatians 2.20. It says that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I hope that you are experiencing that kind of life. I hope that you no longer live the same old life. I no longer want to live the life where Dave is in control because Dave was in control for a long time and Dave jacked everything up. I continually need new leadership in my life. I continually need to surrender my life to God and make my life about God. Listen, if you're interested in experiencing a revolution in your life, a change of leadership in your life, you can do that today. You can do that right now. You can surrender the leadership of your life to God and ask him to step in. And when we surrender the leadership of our lives, what happens is, and this is another filling on your notes, we make Jesus the Lord of our life. We establish his leadership in our lives every single day. We make him the authority that governs our lives. We surrender to his desires, not our desires. We surrender to his agenda and his will, not our will. When Jesus becomes the Lord of our lives, then this is another feeling you can write down. Jesus changes the purpose of our lives. If we want to experience a revolution in our lives, then it's going to require a new purpose in our lives. Not one that we create, but one that is established for us. The one who's in charge in your life establishes the purpose of your life. The reason for your life. The motivation of your life. Why you exist. The pleasures of your life. What do you live to do? Not what you have to do, but what do you find joy in doing? What is the pleasure of your life? It's not talking about just the action of our life. It's the heart behind the action. It's the heart that fuels the action of our life. I have a brother-in-law that's been in my life for the past 33 years. And in those 33 years, I've watched his faith develop in small incremental ways. I've watched his faith grow. I've watched God change his purpose for living and his reason for living. It's been a privilege to kind of be an observer of God's work in his life. For years, one of the get-togethers that we would have and we would see each other was always at Christmas time. It was always at their house, and so we would get together, and during the Christmas meal, somebody has to pray, and my brother-in-law would always ask me to pray, or somebody else to pray. 
but I've watched in the past maybe five years where he started praying for the meal. You might say that's not a big deal, but that's a significant deal. That's a difference. As we all get older, my brother-in-law is getting closer to retirement. And as he's getting closer to retirement, he, we had this conversation. He said that he had a conversation with God. And he said, God, what is it that you want to do in my life and with my life for this season of my life, this next chapter of my life? Which is just a great question because a lot of people don't ask that, especially when it comes to retirement. It's like that's when they get to do whatever they want to do. But I love the fact that he said, God, what do you want to do with my life in this new season of my life, this next chapter of my life? So he felt that God wanted to use him more in his church. And so what he started doing is taking online seminary classes, preparing himself for whatever God wanted to do in this next chapter of his life. You might think that's not a big deal, but man, I know my brother-in-law. That to me is a big deal to watch him take this step. So this past week was his big day of retirement. So I shot him a text just telling him, hey, congratulations on your big day. Whatever you do, make sure today you do something fun. He shot me a text back and said, I'm serving our king. That's not the brother-in-law that I used to know. I'm not saying that he was a terrible guy. I'm saying that's just not something that I would expect to hear from my brother-in-law 33 years ago. In that one statement that he texted me, he articulated the leadership of his life and the purpose of his life. And I mention that because if we're going to have a revolutionary life, then one of the things that we've got to understand is this. God's purpose for us is to have a growing faith in us. A revolutionary life is marked with active faith, dynamic faith, faith that is alive, faith that is growing. We all have faith to some degree. You might even surprise you, you have great faith. I've said this before, but when you get sick, you go to a pharmacist that you don't know and he gives you medication that you don't understand and you take it. When you're hungry, you go out to eat and the chef that you never met prepares a meal for you that you believe will not make you sick. That's trust. That's faith. When we talk about having faith in God, what do we really mean? We need to understand what faith really is. So you wanna write this down. Faith is putting our confidence in God though we don't see him or understand his ways. It's putting ourselves in a place where we're learning to fully trust God. We put our confidence in things that we are really sure about, things that we really trust, things that we have learned to trust. That's the definition that Hebrews gives us of faith when it says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. How is your confidence in God? How is your confidence in his faithfulness in your life, in his love for you? How does that confidence get expressed in your life? Because that's another part of what this faith looks like. And it's this, you could also write this down. Faith is acting in a way that shows our confidence in God. It's one thing to say that we have confidence, but real confidence in anything or anyone is seen in our actions. It's the same way in our relationship with God. James 2 says it this way. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying that you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. Our faith in God is the actions of our life that show that we trust God. Revolutionary faith gets expressed in a lifestyle that expresses our confidence in God. There's a challenge though that we all have to deal with when it comes to this faith in God. Faith can have many different forms in our lives and some of the forms of faith are not good forms of faith. For example, the first one. Some have a faith in God that is dead. 
many people believe in God, but belief in God is not faith in God. Sometimes belief is handed down to us. Maybe we're raised in church. Our parents took us to church. We claim to have a faith in God, but it's dead faith. And a couple of things that we see in dead faith is this. A dead faith is a belief in God with no action. There's no activity in our lives that demonstrates our trust or our confidence in God. James 2.26 says, So then, as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without actions is dead. In verse 17, it goes on and says this, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is a dead and useless faith. Faith has to have action in our life, an expression of action in our life, or it's not faith. It's dead. Even if that expression, even if that action is little, there has to be something. Another thing we see is a dead faith is lip service without a lifestyle. We never want to be in the place where we can talk about God, but we have no proof of God in our lives or in us. A dead faith means that our message and lifestyle conflict with each other. They don't support one another. Here's another form of faith that people deal with, and that's this. Some have faith in God that is deceived. For some people, the extent of their faith in God is that they just only believe in God. And if we think that we have faith in God because we believe in God, well, we're deceiving ourselves. See, a deceived faith is a belief in God without trusting God. And James, it also says this, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even demons believe that and shudder. Just because we believe that there is a God doesn't mean we have faith in God. Doesn't mean we trust God. A couple of things that we see in a deceived faith is this. A deceived faith has a knowledge about God, but no change from God. It's a dangerous place to live where we know about God, but we don't allow God to change us or to bring change into our lives. Because that means that we're still living in control and that means that we're still living for our agenda. That means we're still establishing the direction of our life and the purpose of our life. And we end up staying as we are. Listen, trusting in God submits to God and it brings life change from God. And that is necessary if we're going to have a revolutionary faith in our lives. Another thing we see in a deceived faith is that we see this, a deceived faith has an awareness of Jesus, but no love for Jesus. In other words, Jesus just becomes something we might wear around our neck, or it might be a symbol that we recognize, but we have no affection for him. A revolutionary faith has to be in love with Jesus because he's in love with you. It's the nature of our relationship. And when it comes to this faith in God, another form of faith that we really do want is this, some people have a faith that is dynamic. This is what we were referring to when we talk about a revolutionary faith that we need in our lives. It is a dynamic faith. It is a faith that is alive. It's not about rules. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And that relationship fires us up. James also talks about that dynamic faith when he says this, isn't it obvious that faith and works are yoked partners? That faith expresses itself in works that the works are the works of faith. The full meaning of believe in the scripture sentence, Abraham believed God and was set right with God, includes his action. It's that weave of believing and acting that got Abraham named God's friend. Is it not evident that a person is made right with God, not by a barren faith or a dead faith, but by a faith fruitful 
and works. There's a lot of reasons why we need a dynamic faith in our lives, but I think one of the most important ones is this. Dynamic faith seeks to please God. Faith changes who we live to please. We change from pleasing ourselves to pleasing God. Faith changes what we seek in life. You know the scripture, but in Hebrews 11, it says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, like we talked about last week, must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Seeking after God is part of the action of our faith in God. Remember, dynamic faith, revolutionary faith is not something that we design. It's something that God designs. It's something that God develops in us. It's something that God forms in us as we surrender and submit ourselves to him. It's something that God forms in us as we take steps with God and we trust him. Listen, a dynamic faith is a real faith. It's a faith that changes our perspective on life. It's a faith that changes our perspective in life. It's a faith that results in a changed life. It's a faith that's focused on our relationship with Jesus. It's a faith that makes Jesus the priority of our life. As God helps us and shapes within us a trust for him. As God shapes this trust and confidence in our lives, it gets seen in the choices that we make. Faith isn't just something that happens. Faith is something that we choose. It's a choice that we make every single day, all the time. We choose to live by faith. And some of the choices that make for a dynamic faith, a revolutionary faith, are choices like this. We choose to live with love and gratitude for Jesus. When our faith is in Jesus, we can't help but love Jesus. He's the object of our love. He's the object of our gratitude. We are in touch with the fact that what he did on the cross, he did for us personally. And that changes how I live because I have to choose a new way of living. I go back to that scripture I love in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then it says, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a choice. I choose it every day. Another really important choice to experience a, a revolutionary faith is this. We choose to not take God for granted. It is real easy to fall into this trap. Our experience with God consists of just knowing about God. A revolutionary faith continues to experience God's power. A growing faith, a revolutionary faith in God, comes from being touched by God. Not just once, but allowing God to continually touch us. I love how David says it in Psalms 18. He says, God made my life complete when I placed all of the pieces before him. When I got my act together, he gave me a fresh start. Now I'm alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. Every day I view the way he works. I try not to miss a trick. I feel put back together and I'm watching my step. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. Just a checkup question that would probably be good for us to ask ourselves is this. Are you still moved by God's love for you? It's not a trick question, but it will give you insight into maybe if you're taking God for granted. It's real easy to take God for granted, to no longer be moved by his love for us, his forgiveness for us, his faithfulness to us, his blessings in our lives. We kind of become entitled as if we deserve God's love when we don't. If you find yourself taking God for granted, just a couple of things I think could help. And that's, I mean, first of all, 
Start expressing your gratitude to God for all that God has done in your life. I, I believe that it begins there that we become grateful for all that God has done, for all that God has given us, his faithfulness, his goodness, his blessings in our lives. But I think what follows that is also very important. That is that we continue to submit our lives, that we continue to ask the questions, God, what do you want to do with my life? God, what do you want to do in my life? Because whatever it is, I give you permission. I want to work with you, Father, not against you. So just really quick, some application steps that I think are really important. First application step is this. Decide now to choose a dynamic faith. I choose to live my life for Jesus, not me any longer. I choose to live my life to please him, not myself. I choose joy when there's nothing to be joyful about. I'm going to choose to believe that God is working in my lives, regardless of what I see with my physical eyes. I choose to trust God today, even though I don't understand what he's doing today. I choose to hold on to God today, even when everything in my life wants to let go. When everything within me wants to take control back, I choose to let go and give God control. To trust him. When the enemy's yelling in my ear that God doesn't care, I choose to believe that God loves me because he says he loves me. I choose to hold on to God's love because it was nailed to a cross for my sins and it rose from the grave that gives me new life. I choose Jesus today. Another application step is this. Dig deep to develop a dynamic faith. Usually when our faith is small, it's because our God is small. Maybe you don't know that God can do anything or everything. Usually our fears are greater than our God. So when we're exposed to our fears and our faith, who do we listen to? Our fears, our worries, our concerns. Digging deep is developing a faith by getting into God's word. That's where seeds of faith are planted in our lives and that grow into a robust, dynamic, revolutionary faith. These seeds grow in our lives and become a part of what we build our lives on. Romans 10 says this, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by God's word. Listen, our faith isn't based on what we see. Our faith is based in who God is. And because of that, we want to get to know God. We want to learn about his love. We want to experience his love. We want to learn about his promises. And we want to begin to pray those promises in our lives. We want to learn about what he wants us to do. And then we want to act on what he wants us to do. Listen, the more we learn about God, the more in love we fall with God. Remember, faith is an action. So we develop a dynamic faith when we act on God's word. That's what it says in James. It says this, and remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you just listen and don't obey, it is like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. We obey God not because we feel like it, not because it's convenient, not because it's easy, but because it pleases God. It's how we were designed to live. That's how faith is. It's living out God's word. It's trusting him. One more action step, and that's this. Do something with God. Remember, faith is an action. Faith is doing something. Faith has to have an expression in our lives. I'm not talking about something great. Start with something small. Do something today that requires God. Something that maybe he's asking you to do. Demonstrate his love for others. Love someone the way that God wants you to. Forgive someone the way God has forgiven you. Invite someone to church with you. Do something for those around you. I want to encourage you, choose a faith that steps out. Choose a faith that stands out. Choose a faith that acts out. Allow the leadership of your life to get the glory of your life. Allow the leadership of your life to establish the purpose of your life. Allow God to create a brand new you.
allow God's love for you to be reflected in a life of your love for him. Do me a favor if you wouldn't just close your eyes for a moment. I want to remind you that your prayers to God are an expression of your faith in God. You're talking to a God that you can't see, but you know that he hears you. You have faith that he hears you. So at this moment, if you don't have a relationship with God, this is a great opportunity to begin that. And maybe you do have a relationship with God, but your faith in God has maybe become dead. Or maybe your faith in God has been deceived. Maybe it's you've had lip service, but no lifestyle. I want to encourage you to choose a dynamic faith, a revolutionary faith. Let God shape that in you today. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and Father, you know each one of us. And Father, you hear the prayers of each and every person that's talking to you right now. And as those surrendering their lives to you come to you, I ask that you would give them a fresh start a new beginning. Father, I ask that you would create in them a new life, that you would breathe new life in them, that you would give them a new purpose to live for, a new reason for living, a new passion for life, a new expression in their life. Father, give them a new love for life because you have become the love in their life. Father, I ask that you would just take our lives today and that you would shape in us a dynamic faith, a faith that has confidence in you, a faith that trusts you, a faith that seeks you out, a faith that obeys you in difficulties, a faith that is surrendered to you always. Father, give us a faith that steps out. Give us that faith that stands out. Give us a faith that acts out of our love for you and our trust in you. Father, we come to you today and we ask, what do you want to do in our lives? for this new season of our lives. We surrender to that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's no better life to live than a life of dynamic faith, a life of revolutionary faith, a life that is shaped with new purpose and new passion. I hope that you're living that. I hope that you're experiencing that. I hope that you're choosing that every single day. Don't take God for granted, but choose him every day. Man, one of those choices that I just want to encourage you Get into a connection group. Allow the life of others to become a part of you. Allow their encouragement, their prayer to inspire you and to strengthen you. If you don't know what connection group to get into, please call the church office. Please email me. Please talk to me on Sunday. I'd love to help you get connected with a connection group leader that can help you and do life with you. Scan the QR code and you can get connected with us and we can get you connected to a connection group leader. Also, thank you guys for your financial gifts. Thank you for providing for the needs of the quest as we take steps of faith ourselves as a church. Thank you for your provisions. Thank you for your obedience to God. I'm excited about what this new year holds. I'm excited about the steps that we're taking. And I'm excited because God always provides. And he always uses people to provide for the needs in the body, to provide for needs in his church. So thank you for being a part of that. Listen, we would love to connect with you. We would love to pray with you if you have any needs going on in your life. Scan the QR code and allow us to put you on a prayer chain. Allow us to get you connected with other people that will pray with you. If you want to give online, the QR code is also a means of doing that. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for making us a part of your day. My prayer is that you experience a revolutionary faith today as you live out God's purpose in your life. Have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.